and welcome to another episode of Sharing with Shama. Today uh, it's a very, very rainy day in Stockholm. It's end of May. I think it's May 27th today. And um, I have um, began to go to therapy. And today I wanted to... I wanted to have like an inquiry. Uh, I have a few insights and I I kind of want to test run them on you. And um, I've always said that I've, I've been to so much therapy uh, during these years. And I realized that this type of therapy that I am in right now, I haven't been doing before. And uh, the reason for it is I shared with you before, I shared that I, I had some crisis this spring, as we all have uh, had. And I also uh, went into a depression and I had to begin to medicate and... While doing this, I'm doing kind of, I'm, I'm working on my book parallel to this. So I'm doing, I'm taking my own advice. Went to the doctor, you know, got medication. And then I also got therapy included in this. So I've been there four times. And it's actually, we talk. I mean, it's like this therapy where you talk. And during the years, I've been to so much group therapy. I've been to primal therapy. I've been to body work, you know, to to voicing, to uh, really acting out kind of therapy. I've been to kind of more um, focused on God therapy. I've been in AA. I've done the 12 steps, you know, and I've been really kind of I thought I I picked up every stone and turned it over and looked underneath and uh, kind of knew my issues and you know knew my wounds and my triggers and where I could go wrong and when I was jeopardizing myself you know with relationships and crisis and situations and so on but this kind of therapy I haven't been doing and um, it's really it's giving me a lot it's giving me a lot because I have um, I'm really good for for this decision you know to really speak up my voice and say to my doctor do you know what I think I need to go to therapy because I, I've I've felt like I was kind of done or I was as good as I could become and uh, so I've been doing four four times only twice in person with this this uh, woman and uh, last time you know not this week but the week before I went there and I for some reason, I was very, very emotional. You know, I was very, very emotional. And she asked about... Um, I'm going to share two things. I'm going to share a lot this this week. Um, remind me. How can you remind me when I am making a podcast? This is interesting. How can you remind me that I want to share something about atonement and forgiveness? Please remind me in about 20 minutes, okay? Anyhow, I come to her and I have this feeling because I've separated from my eldest daughter and uh, we are in a, like a conflict and and I have this feeling that it's it all originated 26 years ago, soon 27 years ago when Stefan died. You know, I, I, so I come to therapy with this and I'm just saying that I, I have this big, big issue and I feel like I'm suffering from PTSD from this 
event and and I don't know how to I don't know how to handle it because I still 27 years later I still can't handle it and we began to talk about it and we you know we began to talk about how they came into the apartment and um, you know it was really I can just say it as it was it was like me and uh, Rachel and Ludwig we had been to the beach it was a beautiful summer day, June 4th, 1993. And um, I I just finished like like a first part of my, my air traffic control training. And it was like a really beautiful day. And my fiancé, Stefan, he, he, was, uh, he was a fighter pilot. And he had like some younger pilots they were graduating this day so they were having a celebration at his uh, airbase and I knew he wasn't coming home that night because they were going to stay overnight and have this party and uh, I we came from the beach and um, Rachel took her into the shower and she took a shower and then she went out to play and then I took Ludwig, uh, he was two and a half, and I put him in the shower. And then Rachel comes and she says, Mom, Mom, there is there is like a knock on the door. And I said, okay, can you go open? And she said, yes, yes, I'll go open. And she went to open the door, and I kept showering Ludwig. And she came back and she said, Mom, Mom, it's Pelle. And I said, no, it can't be Pelle. And Pelle was my friend. They, he was flying together with Stefan at the same airbase. That's I, how we met. We met through my friend. And Rachel said, but it is Pelle. It is Pelle, Mama. And I just picked up Ludwig and wrapped him in a towel. And I went out into the hall. And yes, there he is. He's standing there in a, in a uniform. And I'm like... Hi, I get really, really happy. And I'm like, hi, why, what are you doing here? Like, why are you here? And he's, he just looks at me with like a stone face and he says, you have to sit down. And I'm like standing there with Ludwig on my arm and Rachel between my legs. And, you know, uh, we are both excited, her and I. And Ludwig, he's also excited. We all like Pelle. And he says again, no, you must sit down. And then I look to the left, I look over his shoulder, and I just see that my whole, the hall is full of men, you know, in uniforms. And I'm like, there, there are many, say there are five guys in uniform, like that I have never seen in my whole life. And I'm looking there, and there is this guy in a suit, and there is also a priest in a brown long robe standing there in my hall. And I'm like, and I look at Pelle again, and I said, tell me he's not dead. And he just says, I'm sorry, he's dead. And after that, I don't remember. You know, I don't know what happened after that. Pelle told me that he took Rachel and Ludwig outside. He kind of rescued them from the situation. Uh, he went with them to buy ice cream. I don't know what happened after this. I have really, you know, the, the days and the weeks, and I know that my mom was there. I know my sister was there. Uh, I know there was a lot of people in my apartment, more or less at all times. And I don't really know what I did, how things were, what happened, anything, you know. And um, in this situation, I broke down, you know. Let's say I lost my mind and everything happens. You know, this was a Friday. On Monday morning, I was back in school. I kept, you know, I did the second phase of the air traffic control education. I had three months left and I completed that. I graduated from school with the highest score. Um, I don't remember much of this summer, you know, I don't recall much. 
I got transferred from being at the airport at, in the south of Sweden where I was supposed to work, where we lived. Um, we moved back home. I, I got an assignment at Stockholm Arlanda Airport instead. Uh, we moved back to my hometown in a little small house. Left all my friends down there. Everything, you know, collapsed and we just started over in a, in a different life. In a different house, I began to work. I commuted to Arlanda, originally. Ludwig was at daycare. My mom helped, of course, a lot. And and Rachel and Ludwig, their dad, was living there also. And, uh, and I don't remember much of these months, honestly. And I just... This situation, you know... I began to go to therapy and I told her about this situation, like I told you in a way, but when I spoke to my therapist, I cried, you know, and I cried and I said, I don't remember things. I don't remember what happened to the kids. I don't remember where they were, you know. I don't remember seeing my kids in the apartment. I don't remember seeing them at daycare. I don't remember seeing them at the summer house. I don't remember and and she f- she just said like after like 45 minutes she said like we we need to stop now f- for today and and i just said like fuck that got so hard you know fuck that was hard and she looked at me and she said yeah fuck that was really really hard and to just hear her say that that was really really difficult you know and um, see you next week. I went home, I took my bike, and I realized I haven't really, you know, I speak about this situation. I can recall, I can tell the story as I tell you, but I, I don't allow myself to become emotional that I, that I was when I spoke to her. And I just said, like, and she was like, how old were you then? And how, also you were like 26, okay, and you, this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And I'm like, yeah, and I don't remember. And, and she just kind of confirmed me in, that was really difficult, difficult experience in my life. And I went on my bike and I was super, super sad and I was just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I felt super depressed. And after an hour, I became lighter. After another hour, I became joyous. And then in the afternoon, I felt some kind of relief, like, okay, okay, someone confirmed listening to this for the first time because my family they were so like they've heard it they've been there they've been in it you know no one really manages to take any more of it we just like disregard it and to just tell it to another person who just confirmed me saying that that was really hard it gave me some some kind of relief and I felt like therapy that's that's really really good you know it's just me and her and we're talking and I went back there this Monday and um, and we spoke again and I yeah we continued I was much much calmer and and we spoke about this um separation from my daughter and I said I have a sense that that the separation that is happening right now that it has its origin in what happened back then you know I just have this this feeling that something between us went totally wrong back then and I don't know what to do about it and she said, maybe there is nothing you can do about it because it's like 27 years ago, but we can look at it. And anyhow, and I was there 45 minutes. And, um, and then the day after 
this week's session I listened to because I'm reading A Course in Miracles and I'm really, really into forgiveness these days. And and I asked a friend about atonement because in A Course in Miracles they speak a lot about atonement and I don't really get it. What is atonement? Because in Sweden... We don't have a proper Swedish word for it like that. To make amends, that's not like the same as to atone for something. And I don't get it. And I just asked Renee, can I ask, what does the word atonement mean, you know? And it's kind of like a, a confession or, you know, you atone for your mistakes. And, and then she sent me a talk of Marianne Williamson about atonement and forgiveness. Thank you for reminding me to talk about this. And Marianne Williamson, she says that to atone comes, in the Course of Miracles, they say atonement comes first. You don't ask God for forgiveness because according to God, you have never sinned, you know. Uh, in A Course in Miracles, there is no sin, there are mistakes. We make mistakes and then we atone for our errors. And to do that, we have to go back to the cause. We have to go back to the event, you know, and to take. we have to take full responsibility for our experience, you know, what happened back then. And... By doing that, we atone for our mistake. By taking full responsibility, I did that, you know. And in every situation when we are in conflict with someone, we always have a part. This we learn, you know. We learn that in AA. We learn that in in every spir- spiritual, you know, kind of uh, school. We always have like an atone or make amends or, you know, we take our part. And um, even though it's 10%, then we focus on that 10% and we disregard the 90% where someone else was, you know, making a mistake. But anyhow, I was thinking about this, you know, and she said that atonement is like a cosmic karma reset button. So by atoning for your mistakes back then in the past, you can change the present. And I was thinking about this and I was like, what is, there is something here, there is something here, there is something here. And I was thinking, this week, you know, since I began therapy, there has been so much going on. I'm going to jump now. I'm going to get back on track with this. But I'm going to jump to when I was four. Um, Something happened when Rachel was four. Stefan died. And I tried to kill myself. Something happened when I was four that has also colored my life. And I... Because this week I have been very, very concerned about loneliness... I felt extremely lonely and I was thinking, do you know what, Shama, this is not a new feeling. You have had this feeling your whole life. This loneliness that you feel right now, you know, these ideas of that everyone else has, you know, more friends, more fun are included and you're not, this feeling has also an origin somewhere where what where does it come from and what if like your loneliness what if that is a superpower what if that you have gotten something wrong what is it that makes you think that you are alone when did this start and I was doing an inquiry to when is the first time and then I was thinking about when I was four years old, my mom left me home alone. And this I have been, you know, acting out a lot in therapy, group therapy, that kind of poor me, this is why I'm so, you know, so, um, uh, what do you say, 
as I am. You know, this shaped me so much because I was left alone at home. And that's totally bad. You don't leave a four-year-old kid alone. This means that my mom was careless, you know, and that I was not, you know, welcome to go with them. And they left me alone and that was terrible and this and that. And, and I was thinking, my mom, when I accused her, of that, when I blamed her for this, because this is one of the things that I have blamed my mom for. You don't leave a four-year-old girl alone, not a boy either. You don't leave a kid age four alone for hours. And my mom, do you know what she said? She said, but you were always so happy. And I had, you know... What we learn in therapy, that we take on this, you know, clown, happy to be included, you know, and to, to, to not be, you know, be put in an even worse situation. We, we pretend we put on a happy face and, you know, a mask. And, and I was thinking this week, what if my mom was right? What if I wasn't sad? when I was home alone. What if that is not true? What if I was really happy to be home alone? That was the only time I was alone. I mean, my mom or my sister or I was at daycare, you know, that w was always. And to be alone was not always. That was sometimes. And my mom, she told a story. She said that, no, you hated daycare. And this we can fully agree on. I hated daycare. I really, I, I, I was in terrible shape in daycare. And she said that in the morning, you did not want to go to daycare. And we had a fight every morning. And one morning she just had enough. And she said, okay, stay at home then stay at home. And she took my sister and they went to the parking lot. And she was like, she looked over her shoulder waiting for me to come running after her, which I didn't. And she put my sister in the car and she said, Stina, wait here. I'm going to go get Beben. They called me Beben, uh, which means little baby uh, in Swedish. And she says, I'm going to go and get Beben. And when she came back to the apartment, she said, I was totally installed in our room, in my bed. You know, I went out into the kitchen, got some food, I got my toys, and I prepared myself to be home alone the full day. And she was like, you love to be alone. And I'm like, yeah, sure, mom, sure. And I never believed her, you know. And what if, what if that situation when I was four, what if it was true that I really, really enjoyed being alone? And then I'm thinking, okay, if that is true, maybe being alone now as an adult, if I, if I don't have the judgment or the belief that for me to be alone is a punishment but a treat, how would loneliness, aloneness be for me today if it was a treat? Because it's the same situation now. I'm not alone all the time. I have like 75% of my time. Maya lives here. This spring, Hedda has been here a lot my son comes, I have friends, you know, I'm not alone in that sense, but I have a deep, deep rooted feeling of loneliness. And I'm thinking that the cause of that loneliness was in that, you know, those young years and that maybe it's a misunderstanding. And I'm super, super curious that, okay, if I cultivate that belief instead, that when I was four, I loved to be alone. My mom could leave me alone and I enjoyed it. Instead of taking on that poor me role and say it was terrible, my mom didn't care about me. She took my other sisters and she didn't care about me. 
and I'm thinking, what resonates the most as true inside of me? My mom was not a psychopath. She would not leave a four-year-old screaming at the door and close the door and say, see you in a couple of hours. Definitely not. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that sink in and I'm going to bring it up in therapy next week. What if that is true instead? And we're going to speak about my loneliness and see if I can harbor it in a different way instead of trying to change it and run away from it. Okay, I'm going to go back to the situation um, with my, my daughter and the, the separation that is today and what happened 27, 27 years ago. I'm going to take a little sip of my tea first. There is a saying in Peter Pan, there is a facilitator that I worked some with and I had a vision that I was Peter Pan once in, in therapy and I said that I can, you know, I can fly. I have, like, I'm limitless. When I'm Peter Pan, you know, when I'm free, when I'm myself, when I am my essence, I'm Peter Pan. And she still remembers, she commented that on a post <laughs> the other day. She just wrote Peter Pan and I just feel it. And there is a saying in Peter Pan uh, where he asks, I think he asks Wendy if, and the kids, if they want their adventure now or if they want to have their tea first. I think that's so cute. So I'm going to have a little tea first. And then I'm going to take you out on an adventure. We're going to explore this together. What if when Stefan died 27 years ago in a week, June 4th, next week, I was like, I was thinking, what happened then? Okay. I had three people that I loved. You know, I had three persons beings in my life that I loved more than life. It was Rachel, it was Ludwig, and it was Stefan. That's the truth. That's a fact. Okay. One day, Stefan did not come home from work. He died. That is also a fact. Four months later, I tried to commit suicide. That is also a fact. The question is, why did I do that? The belief, what if... What if tiny Rachel, little Rachel, four and a half year old, thought, I'm sorry, what if her belief was that she was less important than him, that I valued him more than her? Is that an insane belief for a little child? I would say absolutely not. What if I believed that I, because of my inability to keep on living, what if I also believed that I valued him more because I couldn't stay on this planet without him? What if I also thought that he was more important? And yesterday, yesterday morning, when I listened to this about 
you know, going back to the mistake and atone for our errors. And I was going back to this, what happened. And I was just like, you know, when I have my insights, when God speaks to me, it was like really, what if everything that happened then was a mistake? You know, we got it wrong. And I, and I know we got it wrong, you know. I, I had three people that I loved. And when I say more than life, I had three people that I loved more than life, obviously. If it would have been Rachel who died, my inability to keep living would have been the same. I would not have been able to live without her. If it would have been Ludwig who died, I, I would not have been able to live without him. The thing is that one of my three people, you know, one of them died. And they were all equally important to me. You know, they were my life. They were my, they were my, you know, they were, they were my, my everything. I, 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 I so adored our little family, you know, our little constellation. And to take one star away, you know, it was like we needed those four pillars, you know, in our little family. We needed those four pillars. And I I so know that yesterday morning when I when I had this inquiry and I just felt like if it would have been Rachel that was taken, I would not have been able to go on. It's it's just like it was it was not about him. And I just realized that yesterday it was not about him. It was it was it was about me and my inability to continue without one of my three people. And when I and I wrote this down, you know, I wrote it and and I just finished writing, you know, and I just finished writing saying Thank God it was him and not Rachel or Ludwig. And I fell when I wrote this. And it, I'm sorry for crying. Like, I don't know if it's like, is it okay to just cry on a podcast and just say that? But I just, I just felt like, thank God, if you were to take one of them, thank you for taking him. And I felt like, as if I felt this immense gratitude that that I have my kids walking on this planet, you know, being these ma- magnificent beings that they are. And I just realized that what happened back then was a, was a mis, you know, it was a misunderstanding. I know that we put the that I couldn't continue living, you know, my suicide attempt, that we connected that with his importance, but that was not true. (laughs) That was not true at all. It would not have, you know, it was about me not being able to live without one of them. (laughs) And I can say that just by knowing that I say today, thank God it was him and not them. It fills me with peace. You know, how do you know something is true? Because you are at peace. And all these years, all these years, I have been grieving, you know. I have been... I have been really... I never, ever, 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 ever wished that it was one of them instead never I never even thought this this thought that you know I never even thought that 
What if little tiny Rachel thought she was not important to me? What if she felt like I loved him more? And we don't know anything, you know, if it would have been one of the kids, maybe I would have killed myself the day after. We have no idea. I can't even, you know, contemplate about anything of that. I can just just say that there was never like a matter of importance. It was never like he was more important than my children. It was only about my inability to handle the grief. And I don't know how this is... I'm just thinking that if I go back, you know, to the original cause and atone for my mistakes and just say I need to to find a way to to express to my, my daughter. Ludwig, he's like, he's in a way okay, you know. He's not affected like she was. He was smaller. He was still a toddler. He was, you know... He has this impression, my childhood was good, mom. I had a mom who loved me and a rich father. What more can I ask for? He's like, he's a content person. He has a different personality and he has a different spirit also. But I can just see that there is something in this situation that where I made a big, big, big mistake. And the big mistake was, I mean... The suicide attempt, I can't, I can't change facts, but I can atone for my mistakes and I can say that my big, big, big mistake was to make him more important than he was, that, that nothing was more important than Rachel Ludwig. It's just the fact that he died that kind of twisted the thinking, you know. In grief, I could not see clear, you know. The gratitude I feel today that they are alive, I could not feel back then because I was in such grief that I was insane. And I'm thinking... I'm thinking about so, 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 I cannot be alone in this. I cannot be the only one who, because of grief, because of sorrow, because of loss, an ability to handle that, give enormous consequences to people who are still here. I know, for example, my ex-husband, uh, his dad died in Peru and his mom never got over that. Which, of course, made everyone think that he was more important than her three children. And uh, I can just see that our, you know inability to handle crisis and grief and and process process loss and i can also see my my lack of support if i would have been given the chance to to process this in therapy back then maybe things would have been different maybe things would have been different between me and rachel today Maybe things would have been different all these years because it's always been coloring our relationship. And I'm thinking that... Um, I'm thinking that this is what, what the Course in Miracle means when to atone for our mistakes in the past. Like, this is a cosmic reset button. We can go back... And we can take full responsibility for our mistakes. And by doing so, we can change the present and the future. And that is a miracle. I can see that this changes me. This changes my whole kind of concept picture, you know, of what happened 
And this is the first time, yesterday is the first time that I look back on that situation with gratitude, some kind of gratitude that I just wrote yesterday. Thank God it was him and not them. And uh, I don't know how it works, you know. I don't know. My my dear friend Johan, his dog passed away yesterday, and uh, and we just don't know how it works. It was very very sudden, and she was probably bit by bitten by a snake, and and now he's grieving, and it's it's so hard. It was his baby for sixteen years, and it's so hard. And I'm thinking that. We don't know who's going to be taken, you know, at what time and for what reason. We don't know. We just have to accept this. And I think the better we are at accepting this, the better we are to 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 process and to handle grief and to also, you know, go into therapy and see what, what actually happened here. And if if I could have been, you know into therapy back then and and kind of have had some feeling for gratitude what I still have instead of only feeling the loss getting lost in the loss and you know becoming insane and I just feel that this opportunity that I have now to go back into therapy and to actually go back into situation and understand that this situation and it's not like, you know, I'm whining and, oh, this bad thing happened to me. And, you know, it's just like, what the fuck actually happened? How did it fuck us up this much? You know, he was not even their daddy. He was a stepfather and not even for a super long time, like one and a half or maximum two years. It was not like eternity. Why did it fuck us up so much? And I... I understand now that that um, it was a misunderstanding. We made him more important than he was. Of course he was important. But thank you God for taking him. You got a good person for whatever assignment that you needed him for. And um, my beautiful children are doing miracles down here. And I'm still here. And I just want to give this experience to, to each and every one of you out there who resonate with this, that you have either lost someone and given that person because of your inability to be happy without that person, you know, to continue live a good life without that person, that maybe you too has caused a misunderstanding that that person was more important than the ones that are still in your life, living with you. And maybe you have, you know, the opposite situation, that you are a person who lives with the consequences, thinking that you are of less value, that you are less important than the person who died. Maybe you even take on the belief it would have been better if you died. I really, really want to share this with you because I know when I have something going on, when I get an insight, when something is happening, I'm never alone. Never, ever alone we are never alone on this planet we are always together and what I go through you go through also on some level on some aspect in some you know time we are all kind of just sharing this experience and I believe that we are here to 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 really grow and heal and love and I have this, you know, um, I have this, uh, wait one second. I love that I'm not so concerned about my sounds and stuff anymore. Is, are you missing Henry? 
Can you hear that Henry is not here? That no one is snoring? It is because Henry is not here. So only Charlie is here sleeping. So I have Charlie, only Charlie, for some time now. And that is actually lovely. I put him in my little basket on my bike and we are doing town together. Okay. I have, you know, two, two quotes here. Because only love is real, it is our function to see through the illusion of guilt to the innocence that lies beyond. To forgive is merely to remember only the loving thoughts you gave in the past and those that were giving you. That is the one quote. And the second quote is, the only thing that is real in our past is the love that we gave and the love that we received. Everything else is just shadow figures from the past. So the only thing that is real is the love we gave and the love we received. So all the blame and guilt we have for the past, like I blamed my mom all these years for leaving me alone when I was four. What if that was the most loving thing to do? Because I hated daycare. What if I really, really loved to have a couple of hours for myself? That was a loving thing from her to me, you know? And I'm just thinking that the only thing that is real in our past is the love that we gave and the love we received. Everything else is just shadow figures from the past. And here's another one. Can you bear this? I love A Course in Miracles. Atonement is a cosmic reset button. The only, this is actually Marianne Williamson who says this, the only mistakes that continue endlessly to affect us are those for which we have not atoned. And, you know, to atone is actually to go back to the past and take full responsibility, you know, for our errors. And if we go back to the cause and atone, we can have a different effect in the now and in the future. So for me to really understand that, that if we make mistakes and we don't acknowledge them, we don't take responsibility for them, they're going to come, you know, up in our face over and over and over again. They're going to haunt us, you know. They continue endlessly. But if we make a mistake and we go back and at home for them, we take full responsibility for them. And I'm like, I don't even know if that was a mistake, but it was sure a misunderstanding. And and of course, it's a big error to, to believe that he was more important than my children. That is a big mistake. And I have to acknowledge that. And I have to take the full responsibility for living that mistake out so much that I actually try to end my life. And I think that this is really, really, an, I think that this is the most important insight that I had in a couple of years. Therapy, this is really like what I feel like. I wrote the, the, the episode, The Name, therapy, transforming shadows from the past into gratitude and forgiveness. And I'm thinking that the forgiveness, of course, I need to forgive myself for, for kind of living out that misunderstanding, you know, for causing all this, this, uh, yeah, misunderstanding all these years, um, both for myself and for, for Rachel, because it has caused us a lot of suffering, for sure. A lot of suffering and guilt and blame. Hmm. 
I'm going to end this. I'm going to not going to. I just want to say that therapy, even if you feel like you're done and not. I thought I was done completely, but I realized that I have a lot to do. I'm going to go there (laughs) 11 more times are already booked. So most likely I am going to, you know, heal a lot, I hope. I hope. This is all what it's about, you know, becoming the person I'm supposed to be, the one I was born as, happy and joyous, as my mom used to say, which I still feel I, uh, I am. I'm both, you know, I'm super, super lonely and, you know, in despair and the victim. And I'm really, really happy and joyous and Peter Pan. So I'm going to end now with this prayer from Marianne Williamson. I'm really grateful. If you haven't listened to her talks, there are magnificent talks on YouTube. Really, really, you can Google um, atonement and forgiveness, I think is called the difference. I think that was a really, it opened my eyes totally. Okay. Dear God, I place in your hands the mistakes of my past. I acknowledge my errors for which I take full responsibility. I pray to be guided toward appropriate amends. Thank you for your infinite mercy through which the consequences of my missteps will thus be undone. And so it is. Amen. If you want to send me an email, you do that. Shamaperson at gmail.com Send me a voice note or a DM on Instagram. I love to hear, give your, uh, get your feedback. And I would appreciate, truly appreciate, if you would like to, to share this podcast with friends. Um, that would be lovely if you feel that this is helping you. And I really, really appreciate all your beautiful comments. And uh, yeah, I really hope that this, what I'm doing, because I'm thinking that when I'm sharing this, when I'm doing this, I'm thinking, is there a point, you know? Do I make any difference, yes or no? And uh, I can really say that you sharing your, what you feel and... um, that you enjoy it and uh, that it brings you something, it uh, makes me keep going on. Yeah, so I want to say thank you for that. And I wish you all a beautiful morning, day, evening, night, wherever you're at. And I love you. Peace.